Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Right. Good morning, Canvas. You guys having a good morning? Yeah. All right. Well, just right before we jump into the message this morning, um, if you are one of those that uses the app, then you're ready to go. Just open up your app and you can go to notes and get the notes right there. If you prefer paper notes, our ushers are ready and prepared right now. And if you want that, you can just slip your hand up in the air and they will come bring one to you. So make sure you keep your hand raised until that makes its way over to you. Awesome. Well, I'm going to read that verse that Pastor Ben read already out of Exodus 34.10, really something that God placed on our heart for us and for you um, as an individual. And uh, junior high, middle school students, you are dismissed. You can go ahead and make your way to your class. It's going to be awesome. Um, Bert is ready for you. He is ready to go. It's going to be fun. So um, have a great time, guys. Awesome. So uh, again, we're believing this verse for each and every one of us here at Canvas. Look, I am making a covenant. I will perform wonders in the presence of all your people that have never been done in all the earth or any nation, all the people you live among. I don't know about you, but I'm holding on to this particular portion of the verse that all the people that I live among, my friends, my family members, my children, come on, my co-workers, my, my neighbors that surround me, that everybody that I live, that lives among me would see not Katie's work, not Ben's work, not Canvas Church's work, but they would see the Lord's work through the awe-inspiring things that he's going to do in my life and in your life. And so that's what I'm believing for. I'm holding on to that, and I'm believing for that for you. And I believe it, it's 2019. It's a new year. It's a fresh start. Come on. The, the one chapter has ended. A new page has turned. And uh, we're just believing that God is going to renew some things in you, that he's going to renew your, that he's going to awaken you to purpose. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I believe that God wants to uh, renew purpose in us today. So turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to read and look at pretty big lengthy portion portion of scripture but we came to church right and so we expect that amen all right so Luke chapter 5 and here Jesus is beginning his ministry and he is beginning to call the disciples to him so he's choosing his disciples calling them to follow after him and Luke chapter 5 it says here when he had finished speaking so he's been talking they're out by the water here in the boat and he said to Simon Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. So we know that these guys, this is what they do for a living. They're fishermen, okay? And they've been out all night, and they've, they've discovered... It's just not the day for fish, all right? And they've, they've done this long enough to know, let's call it a day, you know, it, it's all good. Um, but he says, but Jesus, because you said to do it, I'm going to go and I'm going to let down nets. So they did that. So they went and they did so. They caught such a large number of fish. We know they had to call their partners in the other boats to come to help gather up all the fish. And there's so much there. Simon Peter freaks out because this just doesn't happen. 
right? He knows that this is a miracle. He knows that something amazing just happened in his midst, and he, he just freaks out about it. He's like, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He's recognizing that this isn't just any ordinary man that's in front of him. Come on. Um, and so he says, go away from me, Lord. Um, for he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James. This, this time, the disciples discover Jesus is sharing with them what's about to happen, uh, what's going to take place. And, and in this moment, um, Jesus tells Peter something. He says, Peter, you're actually, you're going to deny me three times. Um, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. So they, they're discovering that one of them is going to betray him. Peter's discovering that Jesus says that Peter, you, zealous Peter, the one that's always the first to jump out of the boat, um, you actually, you're going to deny me, and, um, and these things are going to take place. And Peter's like, no way. Ne never, never. That's never going to happen. But then sure enough, um, Jesus goes to the cross. We know that he dies on the cross. He's buried in the tomb. Three days later, come on, we celebrated Easter. He rose from the grave, amen? And now he has appeared to his disciples on a couple occasions already. And now we're going to pick it up in John chapter 21, verse 1, and see what takes place here. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples be beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Um, several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter Thomas named the twin Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Well, um, we're going to come too, they said. We'll come too. Um, and I'm reading a new living translation. I think you might have it as the Holman Christian up on the screen. So just if you have new living, you can switch it in your Bible and go there. Um, so, so they said, oh, we're going to come along too. And so they went out into the boat. But they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? Does that sound familiar? Have you caught any fish, guys? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they, caught, they, they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. <laughs> like, it's, it's him. It's Jesus. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and he headed for shore. The others stayed with the boat. They're like, what is this crazy dude doing? He's jumping out of the boat again, which Jesus, or Peter did before, right? Um, and the others stayed in the boat, and they continued doing what they were doing. And um, when they got there to shore, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught. Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged in the fish, and there are 153, and now he comes to have breakfast with them, and none of the disciples dared to ask, you know, who is this, right? Because they knew that it was Jesus, so uh, they're there. Now this, it says in verse 14, was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. 
Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, today. God, that we can come and gather here together, worship together, and hear your word together. Lord, I pray right now that you would come and meet each one of us right where we're at. Uh, Lord, you know what's going on in our lives. God, you know where we're at, and you know that each one of us needs to hear your voice in a unique way. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, so in this passage, we see the first encounter that Peter has with Jesus. Um, we know that there were some things that took place in life. He discovered that Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. And as we read the scriptures, we realize that that is exactly what took place. That Jesus, they came to take Jesus captive as they did. Peter, you know, they, they took Jesus and they're leading him to the cross and Peter's trying to follow and there are people around that, that realize, hey, there's this guy and he's kind of following, he looks kind of familiar and they're like, hey, aren't you with him? And Peter's like, no, 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 I'm not with him. Again, he's, he's in the midst of all this turmoil and what's happening and somebody sees him again and says, aren't, aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of his followers? No, no, no. Second time, a third time, it happens again. They ask him, and he hears this voice of the crowd talking to him and all the turmoil around him. And they ask the question again, and, G and Peter again denies that he's with Jesus. And so three times, just like Jesus said would happen, Peter denied Christ before the rooster crowed. And so we see that he had this initial encounter with Jesus, and he was called to purpose. Some things happened along the way and along his journey. And then we find ourselves in John chapter 21. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you um, are from, well, don't raise your hand. I'm not going to make you do that, okay? How many of you are from the generation before Siri, before phones? I was talking with somebody, they, I don't think, realized how old I was. And um, I don't remember where we were at, but we were, um, we were talking with these people. And oh, we were at Pacific Sales. That's where we were at. And the guy was talking about computers. And he's like, oh, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the day before computers. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, typing class was with a real typewriter. And the whiteout, you know. And you mess up. There's no, you know, <laughs> redo or what's that? The little button with the little arrow. Yeah, the, no, the one where it's like uh, you screwed it all up, you can just hit go back, like undo, the undo thing, right? Before all that. But anyways, I remember the days before Siri trying to drive in the car, and you've got to reach over and fumble for the map, right, and pull it out of the glove box, and you're unfolding it, and you finally get it open, and you're trying to drive, but you're also trying to look at this. This is, they should have had a law, you know, against driving with a map, like they have a law now against driving with your phone but whatever. Um, anyways, and so, you know, you had to try to navigate um, with, with a map. But the worst part is you had to figure out how to fold it 
back up the right way so it would fit back in your glove box. That was probably the worst part about it. But anyways, um, we appreciate Siri nowadays, don't we? We appreciate having phones that can read the directions to us so that we can get to our right de destination and not make a bunch of long detours along the way or wrong turns along the way. So we appreciate that. Well, um, our family not too long ago was headed up to, to LA and we were going up to LA and um, we had punched in the address for the destination that we were heading to, and we had that going, and it was coming through the system on my car. I've got a little Kia Soul, and it's got the little screen with the showing me the road with the blue line and then the red line because we were in L.A., and there was lots of red everywhere, red, red. And, um, and so that's going, and it's talking to my husband, telling him the turns to go. But then we were hungry, so we had my phone set up with Surrey, not Siri, but Surrey, because he's male, because we have to be able to distinguish the voices. So we know that the voice of Siri, the female navigation system, is sending us to the hotel, but the voice of Surrey, my man, um, male map director, um, is, <laughs> sorry, um, is, is sending us to Chick-fil-A. Okay, so we've got that happening, but then we have two daughters who are teenagers in the back seat. Come on, somebody. And so there's some voices going on in the backseat. And there's a lot happening in our vehicle. And my husband is in L.A., in an L.A. traffic. And the map really doesn't do you any good because there is a turn here and a turn here and a turn here. And, turn. and it's like, which one of these turns is the turn that she's telling me to take? And he can't hear her talking to him over my uh, Surrey talking and over the girls talking in the backseat and me asking him questions. So he takes a turn and we end up going the wrong direction, right? And we end up on a long detour because when you take a wrong turn in LA, it's not just a quick, oh, just take the next exit, right? It's a, you're taking the next exit and you're sitting in the red line that's taking you back to the freeway that you're supposed to be on. Anyways, and so it, it, was, it was a perfect storm in our car in that moment with so many voices, so many distractions happening in that moment that my poor husband, doing his best to go to the place that he was supposed to be going, ended up making a wrong turn. But I can't help but think that this happens in our spiritual life sometimes. That there are so many things in this culture, so many things in our lives that are vying for our time, so many voices, so many things that are so loud, good things, bad things, challenging things, um, voices of people saying, oh, you should do this, oh, you should do that. Social media that's telling you, you should look like this, you should look like that. It's so many voices, so many distractions that can, can, can just, drown out the voice of our God that's calling us to purpose. And here, this is what happens in Peter's life. He had an encounter with Jesus, and in that first encounter with Jesus, he was called to purpose. He knew what his purpose was. My purpose now is to follow him and to be a fisher and to reach people. I'm going to reach people now. I'm not going to reach fish. I'm not going to pull fish into the boat. I'm going to reach people and bring them into the church. That's my purpose. But along the way, things happened. Along the journey, challenges came his way. Along the way, there were other voices and other things happening that I'm sure brought a lot of fear a lot of distraction, and in a moment when, you know, he, 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 he had, he's, he's confronted with a question, are you a follower? And rather than hearing the voice 
of Jesus saying, you're going to be fisher of men. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to the cross too. <laughs> I'm not with him. And so in verse chapter um, uh, 21 of John, we see that he's back at this place. Jesus has risen from the grave. Everything that he had taught, him, taught them and told them has come to pass. And Jesus now is calling them to say, hey, as I have been sent, so now I'm sending you. And in chapter 20 of John, he does that. He's the second time he's visiting with the disciples, he's telling them, hey, I'm giving you a purpose again. I'm sending you. I'm sending you to these people. As I've been sent, I'm sending you. But Peter, there have been so many voices, so many things taking place around him that he has lost sight of purpose. And he goes back to fishing. He goes back to fishing. And I believe that this morning, this can happen in our lives, that we can lose sight of purpose. We can get caught up in being a mama, and I'm caring for these babies, and forget that our purpose is to reflect Jesus and show them and show others in our lives God's goodness and his grace and his plan for their lives, that we can get so caught up in the career that God has blessed us with and the successes that he's bringing that we forget that there's a purpose for it all. And it's so much greater than us having a nice house than us having the nice car. There's something so much greater, and it's called his kingdom and the furtherance of it, that we can lose sight of purpose. And, and the voice of Jesus calling us to that um, can become so dulled. And I believe he wants to awaken us to that purpose again. He wants, you, he wants purpose to be renewed in your life once again. In order for that to happen, first and foremost, we need to know that we have a purpose. You, I don't know where you're at in your journey of faith today. I don't know if maybe this is your first time you're hearing about Jesus and about the fact that he loves you, that he has a plan for your life, and he has a purpose for you to fulfill. Um, but maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's the very first time that you're discovering that. But when we come into relationship with Jesus, when we encounter him, we discover purpose. When we encounter Christ, we discover purpose. And that purpose is to be in relationship with him and to reflect him to all those around him, so that they would look at our lives and see that, man, God is good. That, man, he's forgiven you. Man, he's done this in your life, that we would reflect the goodness and the grace of God. Um, but Peter encountered Jesus, and he discovered his purpose. That first encounter from now on, he said, you will be fishing for people. Such an incredible moment, such a miraculous moment, and they left everything because of it and followed after, after him. And you have to know that you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were create on, created on purpose for a purpose. You are not a mistake. You're not a mistake. You're here on purpose. God designed you. He created you. He gave you that personality. He, and and he, he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. You have a purpose. And Ephesians 2 verse 6 is a, is a fun verse. And uh, it says this. It says, he has raised us up from dead along with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So those of us that are followers of Jesus, this is what he's done. We're, we're, we're seated now with him. Why? Why is this? It says, so God can point to us 
in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So what is your purpose? Your purpose is to stand there, be an example of his grace, of his goodness, of his kindness, that people would look at you and be like, wow. <laughs> he must be good, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, I think about my life and it's like people that knew the old me. They're like, Jesus is using you as an example of his kindness is <laughs> he was kind to you and you were messed up praise Jesus Woo! he wants us to reflect his image now sometimes when we think about purpose we confuse it with um what I would call like a, a, an assignment okay so there's, there's assignments or a mission, and then there's purpose. So we've got a lot of military men and women in our church, and uh, all of our military people know that there's, there's different missions, right? So the missions can change. The missions can look different, but the purpose always remains the same. The purpose is to serve and protect America, right? Did I get it right, guys? Yes. Okay, all of our military people, they're, they're watching. They, they were at first service, and they're watching the Chargers. Um, anyway, so, so they, they, they know that the missions change. The missions look different, and, and, and this is important to know because in life, seasons change, right? Seasons change. Jobs change. Where we live changes, uh, things things change, but if I get so focused on, okay, I remember, so when I first graduated from college, I went into being a teacher. I was an educational director at a learning center. I, I created programs for children. I assessed them and, and laid out their educational program to get them caught up to their grade level, and and I felt like this is, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do right now, but guess what? I had some babies, and that assignment changed. I was now no longer... In, in, in that place, teaching and assessing and creating the programs, I was now at home changing diapers and, and loving on these babies and feeding them and taking care of them. Now, if I got it confused, if I thought that my mission as a teacher was actually my purpose, that that was my ultimate purpose in life, then when that season changed and the job changed or, or maybe my situations changed, then I would be going through life feeling purposeless and searching and feeling un unsettled and unfulfilled. But you need to know today that the missions in life, that the assignment that he has for you will change throughout the seasons of life. But the purpose always remains the same, to be an example of his goodness and his grace and his glory. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You're to shine and, and allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through you to a dark world that is in need of hope and in need of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've got to make sure that we don't mistake that and we don't misunderstand that. Some of us need to go back to that first encounter because just like with Peter, he, he found himself off track. And, 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 and we see him in chapter 21, that he's out fishing. 
Now, here's the thing. Some people, I, some people, the way you can look at it is, okay, Peter backslid, and, and Jesus called him to go fish for people, and here he is in the water, and he's fishing for fish again. Peter's so, you know. I look at this, and I think, you know what? If I was Peter, and I know I've been, like, in, this, in these shoes before, there are just moments in life where you've lost, you've lost sight of purpose. And so he's heard Jesus and Jesus has appeared to them again. But I, I imagine for Peter that if he's anything like me, he was probably struggling with whether or not he was still the guy that was chosen to do this thing still. Maybe Jesus was talking to all the other disciples, but I don't know that he was talking to me because I denied him three times even after he told me I was going to do it. Have you ever been there before? Where you read the Bible, you know what it says, but then you went and did something completely opposite. Anybody been there before? Or is it just me? <laughs> well, okay, whatever. Um, where you just, you, you know? All right, he's warned you. Don't go down that path. And then you do it anyways. And you're like, you just feel like an idiot. Don't you? You just feel like I am so not qualified to do this. Why would he pick me? He had to have been talking to all the other guys. Because I'm the one that even though I knew it was going to happen, I still denied him. I stopped following him. I ran. I fled. I was fearful. He's probably thinking of all the times as we read the Bible, as you read it, the times when Peter just, man, he's that guy that, that acts before he thinks. You know, like Jesus is out on the water and he's walking on water and he's like, call me to do it too. The other guys in the boat are like, are you stupid? <laughs> he's probably thinking of the time, you know, when Jesus is being transfigured, you know, I mean, I don't know. And, and he's standing there and he's like, wow, there's Elijah and Moses too. Like we should build a temple for all y'all. Like we should do this stuff. And, Peter, and Jesus is like, Peter, no, no. Or the time when they come to take Jesus captive and he pulls out the sword, whoosh, cuts a guy's ear off. And Jesus is like, Peter, no. He's probably, and then, and then after that, he denies even knowing Jesus, denies even being with him after Jesus had done so many miracles and so many things. He's probably thinking through all of that, going, I can't be the guy. I must not be the guy. I can't be the one that's qualified to do any of this. But Jesus meets him right where he's at. And you might be here this morning and you might feel that way. But Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at this morning. You might feel like you are the least likely, the most unqualified. You might feel like I didn't come from the right family. I didn't do the right things. I screwed up one too many times. But you need to know this morning, you're not qualified because of what you've done. You're qualified because of what he's already done. You're qualified because Ephesians 2.10 says you are his masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things that he planned for you long ago. Peter needed that reminder. So Jesus comes out and meets him at the beach. Some of y'all need to go to the beach. Have an encounter with Jesus. And at the place 
where Peter first heard, Peter, you're going to deny me three times at the table. Jesus prepares a table, a meal, and says, Peter, come on over. And just as Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus comes to Peter three times and says, Peter, do you love me? Yes. And feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes. And feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes. And feed my sheep. I believe that some of us just need to have all the voices, all the noise around us quieted in this moment so that we can hear the voice of Jesus once again saying, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for your life. You haven't screwed it all up. Nothing you've done up to this point is too difficult for me. Come on, I'm here to renew purpose in you once again. I'm here to restore you in the areas where you have fallen, where you have screwed up and you've made mistakes. Because what was it that they were asking Peter those three times, the crowd? Are you with him? In other words, are you a friend of his? Do you love him? Are you one that's following him? And three times he said no, but Jesus is so good, you guys. He's so good. He knows the areas and, and that we've made mistakes. And he comes to meet us today where we're at to say, I want you to start fresh and I want you to start new in 2019. We're gonna leave all of those things behind and I'm gonna renew you. I'm gonna renew purpose in you. I'm gonna remind you that I love you, that I called you into relationship and that I called you to purpose. Let's, let's stand at our feet this morning. The last point is that you're empowered. You can read a verse about it in John 20 where he says, I, as I was sent, I send you. You're empowered to go do it. Acts 1.8, read that later. I believe that you're here this morning and somebody needed this moment. Somebody needed Jesus to meet them right where they're at. I love one of the things that my husband said. He, said, he says a lot that um, your past isn't that bad, you know? Jesus didn't save you because your past was that bad. He saved you because your future is that great. You have an amazing future. God has amazing plans for your life. And Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross for you so that you can walk out the plans and purposes that God has for you. And he knows that we're not going to get it right all the time. And he chooses us despite that. He chooses us in spite of that. He knows you and your personality and the way that you are. He knew that Peter was that guy that was going to just you know, act before he thought that he was the guy who was going to put his foot in his mouth, that he was the guy that was going to cut off the ears, that he was, and he chose him anyways. And think about it. If we, if we didn't have Peter as a disciple, we wouldn't have the stories that we learn about a walking on water. What? That Jesus healed one of his enemies, somebody that was going to take him to send him to the cross, that Jesus picks up his ear and heals him. Like, What? We wouldn't have those stories if it wasn't for Peter. So Jesus chooses us 
despite us sometimes or in spite of us sometimes. And he calls us to purpose. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.